This podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. Our Stripes acknowledges the traditional owners of the land and pay our respect to elders past, present and emerging. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of Our Stripes, a podcast of the Richmond Football Club celebrating the many and varied cultures and people that make up that magnificent strip that is, of course, the mighty yellow and black. And today it's with great pleasure that Rana, my co-host, and I welcome into the studio a new addition to the Richmond Football Club. But uh, She's been around football for a long, long time. Welcome, Sabrina Frederick. Thanks, guys. Woo. I'm excited to be here, <laughs> finally. Exactly. This is what you've been waiting for your whole football uh, career, isn't exactly. it? Just to I've been primed for this moment Walk here. into the studio and join <laughs> our stripes. Hey, welcome to Richmond. How has it been since you've walked in the door? It's been so crazy, um, but amazing at the same time. Everyone's been so welcoming and I didn't feel... Um, out of place at all when I walked through the doors I felt like it was the place to be it was a it was where I'm meant to be so it's been good it's been crazy I've been here for two months now in Melbourne and I'm um, not adapting to the weather very well but uh <laughs> um I'm getting around to it but it's been amazing even if you've been if you're born here no one adapts <laughs> to the weather it's nuts Absolutely. hey I just want to go back to when you say the place where I'm meant to be mm. can you Describe that. What what do you mean by that? I just feel the last few weeks I have gotten a lot out of myself, more than I thought I could. Um, And I think it's because of the surroundings and what I've been able to accomplish in the last few weeks. I felt like it's because I've belonged and I felt like I feel really comfortable here. And um, not to say the last few years I haven't felt comfortable, but I think that this is, yeah, the place I'm meant to be. When you talk about gotten a lot out of yourself and and can you give us a bit more insight into that? You're not only here to play, you're actually working at the club, mm. which is amazing. Mm. And I'm very happy to have you on board. Um, as you know, because on your first day, I came and gave you a big hug. <laughs> what is your role? Yeah, yeah. tell us a bit about it. Um, so I'm going to be working in marketing and fan engagement. And um, for me, that's, that's a dream because that's, you know, what makes the game what it is it um it's what bridges the gap between the game and what it is but the people that consume that game and and for me growing up I didn't have the same uh, sort of upbringing as everyone else I just loved the game for what it was and the physical game for what it was and I just wanted to create memories and I I find that the part that I'm doing now, I get to do that for other people. So I'm excited in that role and I'm being really pushed and I'm out of my comfort zone, which is awesome. Um, And in terms of training, like I feel like I'm in a really good spot, um, ready to come into VFLW in a few weeks and debut. But um, yeah, in terms of that, I think I'm just pushing more. I feel like I'm I'm ready to push and really get a lot out of myself. You say you didn't grow up like everyone else. Mm. What do you mean? Tell us a little bit about young yeah. Sabrina. <laughs> I suppose, well, um, I don't know if you can hear my accent because I don't have one anymore. Um, but I grew up in the UK and um, for anyone that's been over there, it's pretty much everything soccer. Um, so I grew up with a round ball at my feet and I think my dad wanted me to grow up to be, a, you know, a soccer player um, when I got older. But um, British version of Sam Kerr. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Sammy. God, um, yeah, I would have been um, 
different, that's for sure. But I think um, when I moved to Australia, it was very different for me. Um, I joke about this all the time, but my first reference to Australia was the movie Kangaroo Jack so, <laughs> and Crocodile Dundee. Oh, so no. I think I, oh, I thought wow. I was going to Red Dirt and yeah, um, right. crocodiles, kangaroos are running around. Um, you kind of did though, didn't you? A little bit, a little bit. Perth is, is definitely yeah, more Jarrah. red than, yeah, a little bit more red than other places. Um, so I got to Perth and seven years old, um, didn't really know much about Australia, but I loved it. I loved how open the space was and everyone was just so friendly and um, it was just different, different way of life. And then when I got to start school, um, I obviously didn't know anyone, um, but I did know that they played AFL at recess and lunch. Obviously at that time I didn't know it was AFL, but I knew they played this game religiously. So in my mind I'm thinking... I sit and eat my lunch by myself or just, you know, sort of sit on the sidelines or do I give this game a go because that's what everyone else is doing. So I honestly just jumped in, pretended like I knew what I was doing (laughs) and sort of just rolled with it, picked it up um, (laughs) and uh, I ended up being all right, I suppose. Um, Yeah, and fell, fell in love with the game. So it's pretty crazy how that happened, but it's not like I had a cousin or a brother or dad that had played footy and I knew about it. It was just, Mm. I've really, I saw an opportunity and I loved playing the game and it kind of went from there. Is that you? Like, I feel like that's just a perfect (laughs) description of you. Mm. Where you see an opportunity, you'll kind of run at it. Yeah, absolutely. I have, in my mind, I feel like you're not going to know until you try it. And if you try and you don't like it, that's fine. But I never want to live my life with regret. I want to make sure that... Mm. I give everything a go and yeah I'm absolutely I'm like that I run at things 100% and you know that's why I'm, I'm doing this right now I'll yeah. give it a go and if I don't like it I won't be here on here again <laughs> so um but yeah no it's it's been a, a crazy experience knowing that I've given something a try and been really out of my comfort zone and now I'm here because of it so um definitely paid off mm. <laughs> So then the journey, you played mixed football up until I think you're a teenager, 13, then you went mm. to the Pills Thunderbirds. Yeah, so I, I played um, I played with the boys uh, up until I was 13, just because I think around that age group back then, um, you weren't allowed to play with them because of how physical it was getting and, yeah. and all the rest of it. Um, so I played with the boys and I was the only girl on the team at that time. And I think looking back now... I didn't realise how bad bad it was because when you're a child, you're so naive and you just do what you've got to do. Bad in what um, sense? Just not having, like, the facilities or little things like not having a change room with do- with a door on it, like not being able to go to the toilet. Yeah. Or, so what did you do? You, you know, you just show up to the games already dressed or, yeah. you know, do the quick put the t-shirt on head over try and take it off you know and all those things when you're a child you don't really you just got to do what Mm. you got to do because as soon as you complain you're the minority and you don't want to be treated any different so you kind of just deal with it in that moment but I think looking at it now it's pretty amazing to see that there's girls running around together and um, it's just so much more acceptable it's just a different space now but yeah, so growing up and playing footy with those boys and then 
um, getting told I wasn't going to be able to play anymore. That was pretty heartbreaking just because I'd found something I've really enjoyed and I couldn't fathom not playing just because I was a female. Um, And then I found out that there was a a women's team in my area um, and so I was like, oh, excited about it. And I show up at my first, my first training and they're all, they're all women. Like they're 25 and up <laughs> and, and I'm were... 13. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what did you do? Um, I just, I just did it. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just that fight in me, I suppose, that just like, like I said before, I'd just give it a go. And if I didn't like, and I felt like I wasn't included, I'd probably just not do it again which I'm sure there were girls in my situation looking back now that probably would have been daunted and intimidated mm. in that scenario and probably would have just thrown footy away altogether but uh, yeah I just jumped in and I enjoyed it and I think um, my height probably helped in that situation because I was probably taller than all of them even yeah. though I was 13 years old yeah. Um, and yeah just absolutely loved it and kind of didn't really look back. My mum was a bit concerned um, having her 13-year-old play with women and the culture that women's football brings in that adult setting. But I think having the strong people around me, I think I thrived in that in that setting. So, yeah, that's sort of what happens. I played Peel, Peel Thunder football for a couple of years and then I moved to Fremantle, so to the city, <laughs> to the city, um, the big smoke, um, for high school. And in that moment, I, I figured that I'd probably change footy clubs too, just to make things a little bit easier travel-wise. Um, so I moved to South Fremantle to to play there for a couple of years. And then um, I played one year of exhibition football here when the Melbourne and Doggies oh, yeah, games were on. Yeah. And I think that's when it became a bit more serious and people realised something was actually here and something could be made of it. <clears throat> and then AFLW became a thing, which well, I never thought would ever happen. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. Many, many never thought yeah. Yeah, until yeah, that fateful day when Gil said, let's, let's make it happen. I remember it. I remember the day. I remember being in the room. Right. Um, it was International Women's Day. Yeah. We were celebrating 100 years of AFL. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty special day. Mm. What was going through your mind when that happened? I thought, game on. What This yeah. is it now. Like, he said it's happening, so get yourself ready. And I think I was lucky in the sense that I was still really young. When that happened, I think I was 18. So I had time on my side and I didn't have things yeah. holding me down. But I was just ready. Like, that was my next goal because all I've ever wanted to do is play sport professionally and I found one that I really, really loved um, and I was ready to just put everything into it. I'm sure every other woman and girl in that room would have felt the exact same. Mm. Did you dabble in any other sports? Yeah, I was probably a bit of a headache for my mum, I think, growing <laughs> up. I tried everything. Like, yeah, I was, right. Try okay. it, don't like it, move on, try it, you know. Um, so I think at one stage I was playing basketball, cricket. I did a bit of swimming, played soccer, um, I did fencing for one year. Oh, oh man! <laughs> I, I mean, 
I was alright. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay. Have you been able to translate that skill, like evading <laughs> tackles? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Um, but I think, yeah, I probably played more basketball and soccer. Um, I played cricket for two seasons, but I found that standing out on mm. the grass got a bit boring sometimes. Um, and I like the physical <laughs> yeah. act of the game. So, yeah, played basketball and soccer pretty much up until... Um, my last few years before I played AFLW. So I was sort of doing the balancing act and it was a lot mm. for my mum to drive me around. But um, as soon as I got my licence, <laughs> I've <right>. soon realised <laughs> how much that was. <laughs> and for those listeners um, who may have just tuned in, we're talking to Sabrina Frederick, who's um, one of Richmond Footy Club's uh, new signings for our AFLW team that, of course, will... Uh, make its debut next year. But Sabrina, you were one of the marquee signings, the very first, the first 16 of the AFLW back in 2017 for Brisbane, of course. Mm. Um, you and Taylor Harris were selected. So when the phone call came through, you said you were 18 years old. Mm. What goes through your mind then when you are being catapulted onto the big stage? It's pretty incredible. I remember that day so well. I was sitting on the couch next to my mum and I've gotten this phone call, private number, and I'm thinking, who, who is this? So I answer, and it's <laughs> it's Craig, and he goes... Starchevich? Yeah, Craig Sarsevich. He goes, g'day, Sabs. <laughs> I'm Craig. I'm, I'm going to be the AFLW Brisbane Lions coach. And I was like, is this even happening? <laughs> no. Like, I never really visualised myself leaving Perth to be honest um so when he when he called me he spoke to me about potentially just coming over and seeing what it was like I thought yes like this is going to be great so I got on the plane that weekend that weekend I went with your mum uh yeah with mum and dad um and went over there and obviously saw that all the facilities and what Brisbane's like because I never had been to Brisbane before and um was there for a few days and flew back to to Perth and I think before I even flew back I knew that I was gonna to sign with them and um, I moved my whole life within a few weeks so it was quite a dramatic change but I wouldn't have I wouldn't change it for the world it was it was a great experience and um, as a young kid um, it's a dream come true really so yeah it was a whirlwind at that point, what was success for you? Like, what were, what was kind of the dream? Like, you got there, what mm. was kind of in your mind as, like, this is where I want to get to? I think just to play the first game, for me, like, I don't think I've thought much ahead of that, that point because, you know, this wasn't a thing a few years back. N- not to, you know put a sad mood on it but we didn't go up thinking that we could do this so when that call came through I was just thinking about getting the chance to actually play and saying that you're playing a professional sport like that's amazing I didn't really think past that game um and then when I got to to that chance and I actually honestly I will not forget that day just soaking in the environment and the crowd and AFLW in the first year just took off Mm. so there was so much support um and I how I describe it is like 
when you're a child and you get something like a superhero's costume and you get it for Christmas or your birthday and you wear it for like a solid week, you sleep in it, you know, that's that was me. I didn't want to take off my jersey. Like, I don't want to give it to anyone else. It's mine. And I felt like that in that first week, just, I'm, you know, this I'm going to live like this forever. <laughs> and it was an absolute dream come true. And then obviously adjusting to this yeah. is the norm now. Um, that was probably the next stage. So what does it mean now to you that you are a superhero <laughs> to a lot of young women? Mm. I know when, like, I, I was a fully grown adult and you started playing and I didn't know anything about you and I was just like, oh, my God, there's a sister in there playing. <laughs> and I was looking at you going, I love how this girl plays. She's like bash and crash and just took the game by the scruff of the neck. I mean, what does it, yeah, what does that mean to you now? Um, I think it... It means a lot, especially because I think at the start, obviously, you're playing for yourself, but then when you realise that you're a role model for others and it's it's a, it's an honour, really, because growing up, like, I had people that I looked up to and aspired to, to be and um, knowing that I have that same responsibility and, and everyone's different, like, some people were going to take it on their chin and really you know carry it and have a responsibility and some people don't want the responsibility as much but I understand that for this game to evolve you need to be able to see what you can be I'm a I'm a true believer of that I think if people can see that I'm doing these things and being able to work and still you know create a life for myself then these girls will grow up wanting to do the exact same thing or do better so you know I understand that that's part of it and I actually enjoy it. I enjoy being a part of that process. You've got family still back in England. Mm. What did they first think when you told them that you were going to be a professional sportswoman (laughs) playing football and like that first one? And now when you talk about you can't be until you can see it, Mm. so they now see you doing that. Yeah. How is that experience for them? I think it's, it's an interesting one because they didn't really understand... Um, AFL and what it sort of is. Mm. The way that I used to explain it to them is, you know, NFL, how, you know, America has their own yeah. sport. Well, Australia has their own yeah. sport. Just, just made it up. Yeah, <laughs> Australia has their own sport. And um, them getting their heads around what it actually was, it, my dad had to come and come over and actually watch me play games to understand it. And now he's one of my biggest supporters. Like, he'll get up at 3am whatever it is in Manchester to watch AFLW and he's really like he knows more than I do probably (laughs) Um, and it's it's pretty crazy explaining to them that I'm actually I get the opportunity to do this as a you know as a career and I think that they're just happy that I'm happy doing what I want to do but yeah it took it was an adjustment for them they didn't really understand what was going on they just knew that I was on this journey and and now they're you know really behind it like they see all the things on Facebook that my mum posts or um <laughs> you know they really they really get behind them and, and watch footy and it's pretty crazy to know that through my connection there are people in England watching mm. AFLW like mm. consuming the game and loving it and getting around it and knowing the players like that's crazy and I'm sure there are different girls and other teams that have that same experience and it's it's crazy that the game's now travelled over there because of one person. Because so. you're the superhero. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think to think like that. But um, when you get an opportunity to look back, it's it's pretty pretty surreal. Um, but yeah, in terms of of being what what you can see, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the people that I looked up to. If I didn't think that you know, I, I grew up, I grew up following the you know Serena and mm. Venus Williams. Like that for me to see two strong black athletes mm-hmm. was for me the tick of approval to be able to be able to push and do what I can do now and I think that without them I don't know if I would have had that same motivation to keep pushing down the doors um, without them I don't know if I would have you know embraced who I am to mm-hmm. be able to pursue this dream so I understand that that's really powerful thing because I've been through it I know how important it is so yeah with all that comes a lot of pressure too mm. and I'm interested in how you handle all of that particularly around you know your time in Brisbane premiership losses yeah that's a that's a tough thing to go through as an athlete mm. I think it's it has its moments like you're only human and you're going to have times where it really does get to you um and there's times where, you know, you can go with it and really, um, you know, harness that responsibility. But I think, I don't know, I think I when I first started, when I was 19, I think that it got to me more so just because it was such a transition, um, having people, cr- like, their criticism and scrutiny um, on everything and it might not just be about your performance it might just be how you look or mm. how you speak or and that's that's a lot to to take in as a, a 19 year old and I think over time now I'm a lot I have thicker skin now obviously I, I keep a small community of people around me and I only take in you know information from people I actually trust mm. um, but it still happens like you st- yeah. it's still around I think you just learn over time you know, who to listen to and who not to. Um, but that's, yeah, I think it's just the world that we're in. Just on that, for, for some of the listeners who are millennials and mm. um, with regards to social media, what advice would you have to, to people listening, mm. you know, in blocking out that noise that can be really derogatory and negative? Yeah. I mean, obviously there's just the physical things like, literally blocking people um, and negative comments. But I think it's just, I always find that if you create a community of people around you that stand for the same things, it that response gets less and less. Like I feel like over time I've, I've almost stamped what I stand for and the values that I stand for and I think that the people that pay attention to me are the people on the same wavelength like yes I'll get occasionally some people that say nasty things but it's very little compared to when I first started where I was sort of figuring out what it was like and who I was as a person so I think establishing your community of what you actually stand for is a is a huge part but I think um just being true to yourself being true to yourself and keeping those people that are being native out of that because in the end in the end of the day there's always going to be negativity there always Mm. will be but if you choose to let it in that's where the problems start so Mm. yeah just blocking people 
trusting those around you, um, just keeping distance from that that space. Mm. You've been described as easygoing and ruthless <laughs> and you've talked a bit about the fight in you. Yeah. And I love that, that I love that combination and I'm guessing that's once you cross the white line yeah. the ruthless comes out in mm. you. What I wanna hear like I just am so interested in for you, once you've crossed that white line, what is going on in your head? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like I'm a competitor, so and I'm a Scorpio, so I'm okay. I'm I'm quite stubborn in in Good that aspect. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite stubborn in that aspect, and I'm um, I. It's interesting that you say that I'm you know ruthless because I think I'm quite fair on the ground. Like I'll never do anything that's out of the game. Like I I am very um, black and white in my opinion. I play the game quite fair, um, but fair doesn't mean that I'm not going to go at the ball hard like I'm still going to try and win it I'm still Mm. going to try and win the game Mm. for my team it just means that I'm going to go about it in the right way Um, and yeah some people might be a bit scared of me on the ground (laughs) I've been told that I have a bit of a um a scary face. I don't know. Apparently, I make this really? face I'm not, uh, when I'm not I when I <laughs> that looks a bit scary on the, on the I field. I've been told. Um, <laughs> but everyone that um, plays with me or against me would know that as soon as the game's over, like you know, have a chat. We'll go have brunch. Like I don't yeah. I don't leave any. I don't carry that out of the out of the ground. I'm happy for everyone playing the game and. I just want to win in the end of the day. That's that's what drives me. So, so yeah. give give us a snapshot then of um, the women's team that's that's forming around you. Mm. Um, and, and you you were, you've come in. Obviously, Katie or Katie Brennan as well was here. Mm. Uh, there's a number of big names that have joined Richmond. Mm. Just take us through what's developing ahead of the debut next year. Yeah, I mean, I think Kate Sheen's done a great job um, at getting these girls together they we all share something in common and that's the fact that we are respectful in the way that we compete um, and we want to create something here that you know lasts a long time we want to be a part of history and we want to make sure that it's it's long lasting we want to make sure that this is the place to be and people want to continue to to play football for um, I think our culture is is great at the moment and we will definitely keep building on that um but i just think like we're we're creating a family we're just Mm. it's a nice place to be in now i personally think that that's the right formula to get the most out of people i think if you create an environment where they want to be they want to show up they want to give you everything and push themselves to the limit then you're going to get great results out of that and they're going to work together. And I think that's something that we're trying to create is a place where people want to be, they want to compete with the person next to them, they want to do everything they possibly can to make sure that this team can succeed. And um, so far, that's that's where we're at. I think we're going to just keep pushing that and the draft will come up soon and we'll, we'll pick up a few more. Um, but, yeah, I, I that's my vision for it and I... I think I can't speak on behalf of the other girls, but I think they would probably say the same thing. But it's it's a great environment to be in. How are you feeling about debut? Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah. yeah, just because it's it's been a while since I've played in a different um, you know jersey um, or in a different environment or played 
in a really cold time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, yeah, I mean... I don't know. Uh, maybe. I've never played long sleeves before, but if it's too cold out there, <laughs> I'll do what I've got to do. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'll be debuting in two weeks, so playing um, the Western Bulldogs at Witten Oval um, for VFLW, and I'm excited for that. I think it will be a lot of fun and, um, yeah, really excited, to be honest. I just want to get out there and play now, so um, count down the days. Mm. I was going to ask about off-field. Mm. Um, you're recently engaged. Yes. That's very exciting. It is very exciting. Um, got engaged in November last year. Um, obviously it's a big, big, um, celebration in my life at the moment. Um, and I think that not to go back to footy, but I think that my football will reflect, reflect that. I think I'm in a really good space and I'm really happy at the moment and, um, I call her my teammate. Everything's referenced to, to to team, but you know she's one of the best teammates. Um, uh, my partner and um, yeah, just excited for the future. And she's don't hold her against her, but she's a Carlton supporter. <laughs> no, but I'm change that. I know this is the thing with people in Melbourne. They grow up. It's you know if, they, if their dad, their dad or mum's a supporter of this club they have to be so i'm don't hold it against her but she's she's been wearing richmond stuff she's been getting around there (laughs) she will one day we'll get her there was she a big part of the decision to move yeah absolutely like for me family is the number one um if i don't feel like i'm comfortable where my family is at or my relationship with my family then i don't feel like i can do anything um so for me it was kind of what's the next step for us in terms of our family what does it look like where do we want to be and as much as brisbane is is great and the weather's great and it's you know it's it's relaxed there and chill and you can do a lot i think um we were missing something that we couldn't get um and that was our family and our closest friends they all live here um, mm. obviously minus my siblings and my mum that still lives in Perth but all her family's from here and my closest friends live here and I think just that network of people um, for us was the major push and we're here now so yeah. <laughs> thanks to them um, but yeah it's it's been great it's been really nice being around them all have to ask you about your puppies. Mm. <laughs> we have the hard-hitting questions. Here. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, I just see these adorable puppies on yeah. Instagram, and yeah. they get a lot of the limelight. They're on your very high-maintenance dogs. Those two. Um, what I have, are they? They're both Maltese poodles. Um, one's name's Jesse, and the other one's Arlo, and they're both beautiful girls. Um, so we have an all-girl family at the moment. It's a bit crazy. Um, but they're so high-maintenance. What I was saying to Rana before, we've just gotten um, two electric blankets for them because they're too cold at night. Oh, you know? So what, they, they're shivering and saying yeah, they've left yeah, on the bed? Yeah, pretty much. Do you have so electric blankets? We do, okay. but we don't have it on as much as those two. Um, and they've got, yeah, they're just so spoiled. Like they've got all these jumpers and... Um, they get all the dog treats in the world. They're just 
you know, I said I will, they're putting in more work for us now <laughs> than when we have human babies. Like, well, I'm getting good, up at 4 a.m. for them at the moment. <laughs> so it's very you can compare notes with yeah. Kate Sheehan. Yeah, exactly. I just saw little Harry just before. Oh. There's a question that we ask all of our guests yeah. um, on our on our stripes, and because this is an um, not a visual medium, it's mm. obviously an audio. So. I'd love you to, if you can, and it's putting you on the spot, but if there's a picture in your life, mm. a photograph that you hold really dear, it might be at your parents' house, it might be one that you still have, or mm. it might be one in your head, mm. but um, that describes you and something and what's really dear to you. Can mm. you describe that to us? Um, that's an interesting one. I think there's actually one that I've... I've recently went through my childhood photos. Um, part of being an adult, you get all that <laughs> stuff when you inherit it. But I think um, there's one photo, actually, I'll say there's two photos. It's got both of my siblings in it. So there's one with um, my brother and we're at the table and um, I've fallen asleep. Like, <laughs> I, I look, I look like... The funniest child. I think I'm in a Mickey Mouse outfit. <laughs> How old are you? Uh, I think I was about five in that photo. And my brother's there and we just we just look so naive and just, I don't know, I felt like in that moment I probably just thought I could do everything and anything and that's why it means a lot to me and also because my brother's in it. And the second photo um, is of me <laughs> and my sister and um, I'm on her back like she's a horse and I'm on her <laughs> back and I've um, I've got p- yellow dungarees on. So ah, like, um, yeah, yellow like dungarees. Like and Paddington sort of. No, y- yeah, they're yellow. Yellow colour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got... Um, I think I've got one hand in my pants and and I think I've got a dummy in my mouth. And I find that for me just explains my personality growing up because like this is my older sister that there's on the ground. But I just find it funny because it just shows my um I think it shows my personality but She's putting I just, it all out there. Yeah. It shows my personality a little bit, but I think um those two are really important to me just because of my siblings obviously being in it, but I think it shows two elements of my per- personality. I might have to put them up on the website or yeah. something. Like <laughs> yeah, you do, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, yeah, like I said, my family means a lot to me, so that's hmm. pretty important. wanted to ask you before we wrap up, mm. so AFLW, and this is a question that gets asked a lot, but I'd love to hear it from your perspective. Mm. If you could improve one thing about the competition mm. as it stands, what, what, what would it be? That's a very hard question. Um, I personally would say the transition from being quite young and starting out into AFLW. I think that could be done a little bit different just because it's not it's not the same system as the boys how. So the pathways? The same pathway, I suppose, but also just the well-being around it. Mm. Um, I don't think people quite understand, like, what they're actually getting into um, when they step into this space. I think in the boys' space, they're a lot more supported because it is their full-time job. Mm. Whereas I think in the women's space, there is so much balancing that you have to do. I think that transition period, um, I think could be done a little bit better with just education around, you know, helping out with that Mm. That sort of stuff. I think there's a lot of pressure on the young girls now who are 18 
um, that may not have their sights on uni anymore because they're trying to put all this focus into footy. Mm. And I think that what makes AFLW great is because there is so much more that these women can do. Mm. Um, And I think that that's something that could be, I don't know, just a little bit better in just the transition of saying, okay, you can play footy great, what else do you want to do? Like, let's enhance, enhance that. Let's make you great on the field, but let's make you great off the field as yeah. well. That could, I think that could be done a little, a little bit better. And I'm sure it's it's great some clubs, but I mean across the board, I think it could be mm. done a lot better. Mm. Yeah. Well, you've got a powerful voice and there'll be a few people listening to our podcast. <laughs> we might give uh, send it to Paul Marsh from the Apple Players oh. Association. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's, it's always good to hear from the players themselves that yeah. I mean, there's always things that you can improve. So mm. um, it's good to know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, to be honest, like knowing how much um, has been done in the short amount of time and to know how far we've come in the three years that it's existed is pretty mm. incredible, honestly. It's, yeah. It is nuts. And I think people get caught up in, obviously, you want longer seasons and more games. And we would love to play footy all the time. You know, we enjoy it. We, we'd love to do it. But I think um, you want to make sure that it's, you know, practical and it, sustainable. It's, it's sustainable and, it, and it, it's something people want to actually be invested in and want to be yeah. a part of. And I think... If you grow it too fast, it might not get to what it needs to be. Um, So I'm okay with it being what it is now. I think we just need to reinvest and and make it really, really quality. So I'm looking forward to the next year, to be honest. Should be great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. That's all right. It's been really nice. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. I pretty much bribed them to get me on this show. That's not true. <laughs> absolutely planned to have you on, but I loved that you were just like, when am I coming on? I loved it. Um, thank you so much for listening as well. Um, that's another episode of our Stripes. If you've got any suggestions about who you want to hear from next, um, hit us up on the Richmond Twitter with the hashtag OurStripes and let us know what you think. Until next time, have a good day and uh, thanks for listening. See you guys.